Here we go. We're going back to back, kind of like Drake here on the Chief Zone Podcast. Back to back days of the Chief Zone Podcast. If this is what you like from the podcast, hey, you're getting it. Not very many times uh, will we have a situation where we do back to back days of the podcast. In fact, I don't think I have done that in several years. So, a uh, very rare incident here. Uh, but nonetheless, doing another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to the episode on Farzim Masugian, your host of the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, feels like it's going to be kind of a shorter week. It, it, it's going to go by pretty quickly because, you know, Monday's over with, your Tuesday's starting up, and Chiefs football in a couple of days. I, I get it. It's not the most exciting Chiefs football. It's the least exciting football uh, for any NFL fan. Uh, but then Labor Day weekend's coming up, so... You know, we'll see what the Chiefs do with their roster cuts. Uh, we'll recap that later on. But the end of the preseason is coming up, which means the regular season is certainly upon us. And there's going to be a lot to talk about in the coming week weeks uh, for all NFL teams and more specifically for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a lot of things uh, that Chiefs fans are still wondering about you know, defensively what's going to happen. Offensively, you know, is this team going to be able to live up to the hype? A lot to really uncover here. And we talked about some of that with Matt Connor, editor over at ArrowheadAddict.com. If you missed yesterday's episode, check it out on iTunes and Google Play. Still available. Speaking of iTunes and Google Play, you can go there, subscribe to the podcast, and hit the share button as well. Let your friends know about the Chiefs Zone Podcast. If you want to interact with me, you can do so in a couple of easy ways. Facebook.com slash Farzing with Sugan. That's my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. And feel free to send me an email if you're not on social media, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. So here's what's going to be going on in the next week and a half leading up to September the 9th. Of course, the Chiefs will play on Thursday. Uh, and as far as this podcast goes, we'll do a recap of Thursday's game. And you can expect that at about Friday afternoon. Somewhere around there, and that'll be available on iTunes and Google Play, so you can expect that around that time. And then September the 1st, that's when the roster cuts will take place, and on Monday, that'll be Labor Day, you can expect another episode. That'll be a shorter episode. We'll just pretty much go over the roster cuts and look at the 53-man roster from that point on. And then from this point forward, anytime the Chiefs have a Sunday game, you can expect an episode of the podcast to be released Thursday morning. First thing Thursday morning, you can expect it on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to the podcast and download the podcast from there. And you'll have a couple of days to check out the preview edition of the podcast before the game. If we have some sort of situation where the Chiefs are playing on a different night, even if it's a Monday night game, we'll still do the recap or excuse me, the previews. Uh, which will be released on Thursdays. But as far as Thursday night football games go, we'll play that by ear, uh, especially when it's kind of a tight week right there, especially with podcasting and trying to get these episodes out as soon as possible, recording them, putting them all together. But nonetheless, we'll still have uh, recap and preview episodes each and every single time. As far as recap episodes go this season, we won't be doing the closing segments on those episodes. We'll just keep it strictly to the game. Uh, But for those who like the closing segments, I I know you guys have been commenting on those subjects quite a lot, even sending suggestions for that, and always open to those as well. Uh, We'll do those for the preview episodes, simply because we'll have more time and more flexibility to do all of that on those episodes. So that's going to be coming up for the Chiefs Zone Podcast in the next 
week and a half. Uh, I, I definitely want to talk about the fourth preseason game. Not going to get into it too much because it is the fourth preseason game. I, I, I think there are a couple of guys that I have my eye on. And I want to see how they do in this game and guys who could be fighting for a roster spot. I'll tell you guys who I think could be uh, some surprise cuts and guys who could pleasantly surprise us and make the 53-man roster. I've got a couple of interesting names out there and maybe you guys will agree or disagree. Let me know your thoughts on social media or send me an email on that. But before we get into that, to that I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm sure you guys have all heard by now what happened in Jacksonville with the shooting. Uh, and we don't generally talk about these kinds of subjects on the show, but in a way, it, it, it relates to the NFL because, as I'm sure you all know, this was a Madden tournament that took place in Jacksonville, Florida. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the area where the EA Sports headquarters are located at. And they held a massive Madden tournament that, I, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, these kinds of events generally get uh, a lot of people uh, that, that come out for these kinds of things. And look, good for them. I mean, if that's your thing, hey, why not? Uh, I, I mentioned before, I've seen EA Sports, they go live on Facebook, and you see some guys playing Madden on there. And the shooter, the suspect, who is dead, I, I, I recognize his face because I remember watching EA Sports just to see what their uh, live videos were about. And it's these competitive video gamers playing. Uh, and I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, but but that guy, the gentleman who who, who basically pulled the stunt at, at the shooting, uh, I recognize his face. That guy does play Madden competitively. Uh, supposedly a world champion in the video game world. And he supposedly did this after he lost a game of Madden at the tournament. So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, this is this is disgraceful. Look, video games are fun. They're meant to be fun. They really are. But I think some people take it to a whole nother level. And obviously we saw it with, the, with this guy here. Uh, just horrific. Two people dead. 11 others injured, and they're all going to an event where they're trying to have fun. And we see this a lot with people who are going to concerts, and these unfortunate incidents happen. Um, and I'm not going to get into gun control or any of that, because that's not what this podcast is about, and I don't even have the answer. I don't even know if the people who are quote-unquote experts on these kinds of subjects even know the solution to these kinds of things. Uh, it's a very hard position to be in. When you want to try to end these um, these shootings, but that the, that's not what this podcast is about, of course. But it is very sad to see, uh, and it's worth talking about on this podcast because it is NFL related in some way. It's it's from the Madden tournament. I know a lot of listeners are video gamers, or at the very least played Madden or have played one of the Madden games in the past, so everyone's familiar with Madden in some shape or form. And it's just not good at all. Uh, I mean, these are football fans who are coming out wanting to wanting to basically just have fun. And maybe win the prize money, whatever the giveaway is for whoever does well. But it's just very unfortunate that, that you see that in this case. And you kind of wonder, you know, if EA Sports or any other organizations out there, when they have events like this, do they heighten security? Do they shy away from events like these in the future because of one person's actions? It's unfortunate to see that those kinds of ideas could be pondered around for people responsible for organizing events like this. So very, very sad to see. 
and hear about uh, with the Madden tournament in Jacksonville. And by the way, I do, I do have to say, I, I, I did recently buy Madden 19. I, I don't buy Madden every year. I usually buy it every other year. The last Madden I played, I, I believe it was Madden 17. That was Tyreek Hill's rookie year. Um, they always name it the year ahead, uh, the number-wise, uh, which is kind of weird. But I think they always name it whichever year the championship will be. Which makes sense that this year's Madden is Madden 19 because the championship takes place in 2019. But nonetheless, uh, th- th- that's a good Madden game to you to to, to play with uh, with the Chiefs. That is, but Madden 19. If you want to use the Chiefs, my God, defensively th- the team is bad. Offensively, Patrick Mahomes is terrible on Madden. He's got, I believe, a 77 rating. And I hope with the online rosters that they that they do nowadays. Or that they update as the season goes along. I hope Mahomes does well and they actually update that because I think Mahomes is way better than a 77. But my God, Mahomes is not accurate at all in this football game. Uh, when I'm on the run trying to escape pressure because the Chiefs offensive line is so bad at the game, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'll overthrow a wide open Travis Kelsey. I mean, it, it's that bad when you use Mahomes. I never had that issue with, with Alex Smith in the past. By the way, why is it, if someone can please explain this to me, why is it that in Madden 19, when I'm tackling someone, it sounds like an explosion? Sounds like a gunshot. I, I, I don't, why why the dramatic sound effects with the tackling in Madden? I, I don't understand where, where EA Sports was trying to go with that, but I just had to vent on that for just a couple of seconds because uh, we were on the subject of Madden for just a moment. But I'll tell you what I do want to vent about, actually. Is the uh, sack that Breland speaks uh, made uh, on Chase Daniel uh, against the Chicago Bears on the road in that preseason game? Uh, Breland speaks and the Chiefs got a lot of attention during the third uh, week of the preseason for bad reasons because Breland speaks had a perfect clean sack that would have been considered an awesome sack in years past. Now it's considered a penalty because the general rule is he left his feet when he was on his way to taking down the quarterback. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I completely applaud and respect the NFL's attempt in trying to clean up the game in some way and trying to make the game safe, especially with head injuries. But I've said this before. The NFL's execution on trying to make the game better is not working. It's really not. Um, I, I, I think in years past, and I'm not just the NFL, but in other sports, we've seen teams try to adapt to new rules and they struggle with that early on, but eventually they kind of get used to things. So I think this is a very frustrating phase to be in. I think we'll eventually get past it. Uh, maybe the league will come down to its senses and say, Hey, look, maybe we should do something, but maybe we should revert back and not be too strict on a rule like this. So I don't know if this uh, new rule here helps in any way at all. Leaning in with your head, I mean, I, I think that 100% needs to be, uh, it's got to be penalized. It, it has to be. You've got to throw a flag at that, and I think that's a good rule to have. But le- leaving your feet and going after a, uh, a guy, I mean, come on. Uh, you've got You've got to let loose on that. You have to. I think that's definitely going to hurt a lot of defenses this season. Especially a defense like the Chiefs that are trying to improve after doing very poorly last year and, and having a, a lot of young guys stepping, a lot of new faces on this defense uh, this season, as, as we have talked about before. 
So I'm not exactly sure what the solution is for the NFL. How do you make the game safer and at the same time not hurt the game's manner in a big way, especially for defensive players? A lot of these rules that we see implemented and trying to make the game safe, it hurts the defensive players a lot and really does do some damage to those defenders while it helps quarterbacks a lot. I mean, quarterbacks surely have to love this rule. They just have, surely they love it. Of course they do. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, Derek Johnson went for a sack on Derek Carr and his hand, I mean, it just lightly touched his helmet. It's not like he went in for a slap or tried to hit him on the head. It just lightly touched his helmet and that was considered a penalty. I'm not exactly sure if some of these rules... It's kind of like basketball, too. If um, if a guy down low goes for, uh, goes for a fake shot, makes the defender jump up, then the shooter will actually jump onto... Going for the shot will j- go up to the defender, make some contact physically, and you draw the foul right there, and you hope you, the shot goes in. If not, well, you, you'll get an opportunity at the free throw line twice. And... That's just one of those things that, hey, look, it's a good way to fool your opponent in basketball, the guy who's guarding you. Whereas in the NFL, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of ways to really work around this. I'm not sure what the league can do to make things better, but at the same time, not hurt the integrity of the game, especially for a defensive player. Richard Sherman put out a big tweet right there. just uh, bashing the NFL for all of this. And I know Richard Sherman's been an outspoken guy, and, and I can understand his perspective. And he, he's right, though. How are defenders supposed to overcome this? That is going to be a big challenge for them in 2018. And maybe we see this as a really bad year defensively in the NFL, and maybe the the NFL will, will change this rule at some point. Uh, but man, maybe it's just one of those things, like I said, it could be a frustrating phase where people are trying to get used to the new rules and eventually they'll adapt and figure out what's right and what's wrong. I hope that's going to be the case because we see this a lot in a lot of sports. I remember this was the case in the 2013-2014 college basketball season. Uh, a lot of fouls were called in uh, those exhibition games early on, uh, but eventually they, they got used to it and started to... Uh, adapt to the new rules so uh, these things do happen in all of sports and it can take a while hopefully this preseason phase is a learning phase for everybody and by the time the regular season starts we'll see less and less of this by the way someone uh, had mentioned uh, i think it was on espn radio on sunday that these new rules that come into play where flags are thrown it happens on one percent of of plays so it's not like these are happening too much but when they do happen it sparks a lot of attention, and it gets people kind of wondering, you know, what is a defender supposed to do when they're trying to go after a quarterback or the ball carrier? That is kind of a frustrating thing, and I get that part of it a lot. And here's the thing. I'll say one last thing on this. Penalties suck for defensive players because if it's third and 25 and you commit this penalty, it's an automatic first down. Five yards or 15 yards, automatic first down. Whereas... If an offensive player commits a holding penalty, yeah, you get the 10 yards, but you you, you get a redo on a down at least, unless the uh, opposing team decides to decline, in which they think that would be a more logical thing to do. So I'm not exactly sure 
how the NFL can go about this. But hey, I mean, there are people at that position who uh, make those rules uh, right there, and they're in charge of uh, of these decisions. So that's uh, something for them to decide on in the future if they want to get rid of this and go back to the old ways. Now, before we wrap things up, I do want to talk about the fourth preseason game. Uh, not too long. I'm not going to get into detail with this game, but I do think that uh, there are a couple of guys who could be uh, a pleasant surprise and guys who could surprisingly make the roster. You look at the uh, quarterback position with Matt McGloin and Chase. Well, first off, let me say the starters, I think Pat Mahomes should see a little bit of playing time. Generally, when you see starters in the fourth preseason game, they only play for what? A couple of plays on the opening drive, and then they start resting a lot of their starters. So I do expect that from the Chiefs. I'd like to see Mahomes just sling the ball once or twice, get a completion or two, and then get everyone off and get ready for the Chargers at that point. Chad Henney will take over. He'll, he, he's done a great job this preseason, and I think he's definitely the, uh, secured his spot as the main backup for Mahomes. But I think that backup spot between Matt McGloin and Chase Litton I think that might surprise some people right there. I think Chase Litton is kind of what I was saying earlier this preseason about Joe Webb, if you guys remember. He went up against the Kansas City Chiefs in week one when he was with the Texans. And I don't know if he's going to make the Texans roster or not. Uh, and we'll find out shortly, I guess. Uh, but I mentioned I was very surprised that Joe Webb had never played under Andy Reid. And I think Chase Litton does have kind of those Joe Webb similarities. Uh, does some things that... Some quarterbacks cannot do with their feet, but his his throwing motion oh, has always been a work in progress. And perhaps that could be the case for Chase Linton, an undrafted free agent this year. And perhaps staying under Andy Reid will certainly help him uh, improve as uh, his career unfolds. And maybe he gets an opportunity at some point if an injury takes place and his number will be called. So I think Chase Linton has shown uh, shown some impressive movement with his feet as well as with his arm. And I think that'll give him an opportunity to edge Matt McGloin for a spot on the roster. Worst case scenario, perhaps McGloin stays and Litton will be part of the practice squad uh, unless another team picks him up. The running back spot's very interesting. Spencer Ware, I don't know how much playing time he'll get in this game considering uh, the limited amount of time we've seen him so far in the preseason. But man, the the Williams guys, Daryl and Damian Williams, you definitely want to see them out there. Uh, there, there. There's a lot of competition at that running back spot. I mentioned earlier, I think early on they'll have six running backs to start, but they'll 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 part ways with somebody uh, by trading them away, try, trying to use some of these guys as trade bait. I think that would be a smart thing to do. Uh, and then we'll see a different 53-man roster as we get closer to game day against the Chargers. So I don't know exactly how the Chiefs are going to handle that running back position. Uh, I I, I kind of wonder in a way if, and I heard Kendall Gammon kind of talk about this when it was Tyler Bray out there. He He was hoping that the Bears would run the ball more just to see what the Chiefs can do with their run-stopping defense, if they can show any improvement with that. I'm kind of hoping in a way that the Chiefs utilize the rushing attack more if they go run heavy in this game just to see where where do they stand with Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, Kerwin Williams, uh, Ray Laurie. You've got so many guys at that position that you've got to figure out what you want to do. And this is really the last opportunity to figure that out. And I think this would be a perfect time for the Chiefs to go run heavy in this game and see if they can 
trim that roster down easily and try to figure out who they want to let go or if they want to use one of these guys as trade bait. Defensively, we didn't see a lot of Hitchens and Ragland in the preseason, uh, and I don't anticipate that to be the case uh, this season. I, I don't anticipate them playing. Um, I don't know what really what to expect defensively. I'd like to see David Amerson play a little bit longer just to see what he can do. Maybe if he can do a little bit better against some of the backups. I know Kevin White, the receiver for the Bears who caught a touchdown pass against Amerson. I, I mean, he's been a long-time backup for the Bears and he came away with that touchdown score. So maybe Emerson, uh, he can gain a little bit of confidence, maybe learn something if he goes up against some of the backups this weekend against the Packers. But man, everyone just wants to see the run defense improve. Everyone wants to see an improvement in that area because that has been the Achilles heel for Kansas City's defense for a very, very long time. They've had a couple of good moments here and there, but we've never seen a good long season maybe outside of 2013, where the rush defense was one of the best in the NFL. Here's my thing with this, because I don't know how everyone feels about this, but I did say for a long time that this offseason that I think this defense is going to improve. And I'm willing to admit right now that I, I have a feeling that prediction is going to be wrong. I don't know what Steven Nelson, uh, David Amerson, depending how, when Nelson's going to return. David Amerson, Kendall Fuller. I like Kendall Fuller. He's looked very good so far. Uh, but I don't know what, what this group of quarterbacks can do. I know Orlando Skandrick came in. I, I know he didn't look too good. But in his first game, I think he's kind of getting used to Bob Sutton's playbook. So we may need to give him a little bit of time. And I think he, Orlando Skandrick's the guy who's probably going to play a lot in the final preseason game. So he can uh, get his feet wet more with this Bob Sutton defense. But I'm pretty nervous about this uh, secondary here. Uh, and the Marcus Peters trade has been brought up a few times this preseason. Look, say what you want. I know uh, Andy Reid, when he said, uh, when he before the trades were official, with Alex Smith and Marcus Peters, obviously he couldn't comment on that. Uh, but there was a lot of talk out there in the media about how Clark Hunt wanted Marcus Peters to go because of his uh, uh, actions and protesting for the anthem. And Andy Reid did say, look, uh, I can't comment on those uh, two players, but he wanted to make it clear that he and the GM have control of the roster and that Clark Hunt gives them full control. For Andy Reid to have to be a PR guy for a few seconds there and, and make that comment kind of makes me wonder, are the Chiefs hiding something that they they just didn't want us to know? I mean, why is it that you trade away Marcus Peters who has led the league in interceptions the past three seasons since he's essentially been drafted. And not only that, uh, 21 picks in three years, including the playoffs. No one else has had that, obviously. And now you might go from having one of the best interceptors, a ball-hawking quarterback, to a secondary that might not come away with many interceptions. Not exactly sure what the Chiefs can do in this preseason to maybe... Add some signs of encouragement. It's hard to do that when you're playing against a lot of backups. But, hey, look, uh, I'll take any positive uh, sign out there at this point. Uh, because I'm not feeling too good about the secondary. Uh, Eric Berry, I, 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 I know he didn't play this preseason. But I do anticipate him to be the same Eric Berry that he's always been. Uh, but he is an, an, an injury-prone guy. And I'm not including the uh, time off he had to take away with, with, with cancer and all. If you exclude that, he has still missed 
a lot of games in his NFL career. Uh, twice he has suffered season-ending injuries in Week 1. Uh, in 2011 with a torn ACL and then the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Achilles rupture, uh, the ruptured Achilles, excuse me, uh, against the Patriots last year. So this is, uh, the, Eric Berry, everyone knows he's great when he can stay on the field, but he's got to be able to stay on the field. I mean, that's the tough part right there with Eric Berry at this point. You just really hope that he can stay healthy and avoid uh, suffering another fatal injury like that because... I, I, Eric Berry's absence certainly did hurt Kansas City's defense at times last year. You certainly saw it. And and someone commented saying, look, even though Eric Berry doesn't play all 11 defensive positions, his presence alone can really motivate a defense to do better, especially considering his story, his battle with cancer, and coming back and playing the sport he loves again. I think it just fires everyone up and it, it, it inspires everyone to do well. And I think that certainly can be a part of it. Look, I, I think people forget, sure, you have your skill sets, but I think mental toughness and motivation that's a very underrated skill and I think that can always bode a long way for uh, an athlete not just in the NFL but in any sport so I don't know exactly uh, how that's going to pan out when Eric Berry returns I guess we'll find out on September the 9th which is when Eric Berry is expected to return on the field there's a lot the Chiefs have to figure out. They'll have some opportunities to do so in the fourth preseason game, but with that fourth game, you cannot figure everything out. And listen, not everyone's going to be perfect. They're not going to have everything spot on, solved, and ready to go. Everyone's going to have their struggles in week one. All 16 teams who win and all 16 teams who lose, uh, they'll all have some positive and negative signs, some more than others, uh, but everyone's going to have that throughout the season. So... Hopefully Kansas City has done enough and they've been able to figure out what they've needed to do. And hopefully all of this panic and overreaction with the offense not doing much against the starting units, uh, the defense allowing a lot of yards, hopefully that just dwindles away uh, by the time these games start for real. Uh, We'll find out. Uh, Of course, we've got the final preseason game and then less than two weeks, we've got the Chiefs and the Chargers kicking off their seasons on September the 9th. That'll do it for this edition of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzi Busugian. Thank you all for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Preseason's almost over. Got one more recap left of the preseason. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Hit the share button as well to let your friends know about the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Spread the word. Interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash Farzi Vesugian, twitter.com slash Farzi21, and send me an email at uh, farzine at farzinevesugian.com. Big thanks to you guys once again for listening to the podcast. We'll be back on Friday afternoon. We'll recap the final game of the preseason. And then on Monday, we will look over the 53-man roster for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Thursday, our first full preview of the regular season. Chiefs and Chargers preview next Thursday. That's what's going to be coming up on the Chiefs Zone Podcast. So hit subscribe. Don't miss any of the episodes. Until then, enjoy the final preseason game. Talk to you this weekend.